number three. The book of Daniel, chapter number three. Amen. Amen. We, we go through so much in life and, and we are a place wherein we need to, we need to know why we're going through what we're going through. Amen. So Daniel chapter number three, uh, we're going to start reading at verse number, verse number one, Daniel chapter number three, verse number, verse number one. We are just so honored. Bless your name, Father. Thank God for your word. We pray now, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, he will come and he will bless our soul. Let nothing, Father God, fall to the ground. And God, we just honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Move me far out the way that you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Daniel chapter number 3, beginning at verse number 1. We want to talk about tried tested and delivered tried tested and delivered now oftentimes i I remember many years ago and uh, uh, most preachers always love to 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 preach this word but whatever you thought you knew i'm gonna ask you to throw that out the window because we're gonna come and and go a little bit deeper in this word all right now daniel chapter number three uh chapter number three beginning at verse number one verse one says Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three scores cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dua in the province of Babylon. First thing we have to, to know and understand that the word Nebuchadnezzar means Nemo, Nebo is, is chief protector. Now, Nebo is an, is an idol, idol god. And in my discoveries, I, I, I found out that, that the, um, the idol god Nebo, he was an overseer. He was an idol god uh, in, the, in, the, in Babylon. And he was an overseer of wisdom, the arts, literature, science, and education. I, I looked at that and I said, God, that, that, that's very strange because... He is an overseer of the, the fine arts and, and literature and, and science and education. And, I, and then I understand how, how Nebuchadnezzar, you know, that, that spirit got puffed up. Now, we have to be careful and understand about that spirit that can get puffed up in us. Because I want to bring it from the external to the internal so we can understand what God's word is saying. Now, He's, the Bible says in verse 1 that he made an image. He made an image. And because he had made that image, he made it huge. And he said he had it in the plane of dua. Now, that word dua there mean, in, in the Hebrew, it means generations. Now, Babylon means confusion. So anytime there is a, a statue or that spirit of Nebuchadnezzar is operating, then it can bring about confusion, not only in our generation, but the generations to come. Amen. Now watch what he does. Now, I invite you to go with me to Daniel chapter number one. Now, you would always find the type of spirit, the type of spirit that... uh, uh Nebuchadnezzar would have that that spirit of Nebuchadnezzar what he does now he would always surround himself with a type of spirit what he doesn't have what he's lacking of because he had an identity crisis 
Now, today the church has an identity crisis. Now, let's see what Daniel chapter 1 says in verse number 4. Now, uh, uh, the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar is always seeking out that which he doesn't have. So the king Nebuchadnezzar, what he did, he, he goes into battle. He, 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 he goes in and he takes uh, uh, Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is peace. But he's, he's getting the people of Judah, and Judah means praise. So we have to understand that that spirit of Nebuchadnezzar is after your peace, and he's after your praise. Amen? So you have to be very careful. But watch what he, he's pulling into himself, that which he's lacking. Now, verse 4 says, he's looking for children in whom was no blemish, well-favored, and watch the next few verses. He says, and skillful in all wisdom. He's cunning in knowledge. He has understanding in science. And has such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace. And whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now, there's something interesting there. You remember when we, when we talked about in Daniel chapter number 3, and we talked about him, uh, uh, the, the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar, that chief idol, uh, God Nebo, he oversees science, literature, and the arts and education. Now, what he does because of what he's lacking, and he has an identity problem, he wants people, or he will take in people that the word says that are skillful in all wisdom. In other words, he's looking for somebody that has intellect. That spirit is always looking for someone that has intellect. Then it says also that has that are cunning in knowledge and understanding science. It says cunning in knowledge. One that knows how to manipulate the mind and not only manipulate the mind, but also manipulate the word. So you have to understand now what he's looking for. If you've got some intellect, well, you, 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 he's ready to call you in, okay? If you know how to manipulate people, or you're skillful in everything that you do. And he, see, the enemy knows what you have. He knows what you carry. He knows what he's lacking. Therefore, he wants to bring you into bondage in order for him to be what he needs to be. Now, not only that, but he says now he, um, he wants them to, uh, to, teach, to teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? He wanted them to, to, to the tongue of the Chaldeans be able to teach that tongue. I looked up the word Chaldea. That word meant robber, but it also means de, uh, demons in Hebrew. So there's this demonic spirit here as well. And, and it wants somebody that knows how to con and manipulate. So he's looking at those people that are skillful, that has intellect, that, that those have understanding in, in science. And see, even now in our generation, in our world, there are very few people that has that knowledge of science. You've got to have a pretty, pretty brilliant mind to begin to operate in some areas in life. Amen? Now, so we have to understand that he's looking for a certain type of people. That is why God's people is always on attack. Nine times out of ten, you will find those that's truly, highly gifted somewhere up under a bridge. Can, can I get an amen on that? Because if you ever speak or talk to any of them, you will discover the most amazing things that can come out of their mouth. 
the enemy has them in bondage. I will never forget the first time I went to a first time I went to a, a, a narcotics anonymous meeting, and I'm listening to these guys, and I'm like, wait a minute, the church got something missing. The, these guys and these women got some profound intellect. I mean, it blew my mind. It was just like I was in the school and they were teaching me. All you have to do is sit down and begin to, to talk to someone. You'll be amazed. But the enemy has the mound. Now, let's go back now to, to, to Daniel chapter number 3. Let's go back to Daniel. We are a word, word church that we teach. Now, verse number 2 uh, uh, here in Daniel chapter number 3, beginning at verse number 2. Now, we're going to read a few verses here. Tried, tested, and delivered. Okay? Understanding Nebuchadnezzar now, he has an identity problem. He builds an image, uh, something that resembles him, a reflection. And the sad part is, when you build an image of yourself, you are building an image of of a fallen man. Without Christ, (laughs) it's it's, it's impossible. But when you begin to build an image, it's it's all about your ego, it's all about you, then what, what happens is the reflection that you are looking at, if you don't have Christ, thank you, Jesus, if you don't have Christ, is a fallen man. Amen? You have a fallen man. So in verse number two now, in Daniel chapter number three, now verse two says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princesses, the governor, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the chef, and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. In other words, there are people out there that won't, won't worship for themselves. Okay? They, they want you to worship them. Amen? That's what was going on here. Verse 3 says, Then the princesses, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the chefs, and all the rulers of the princesses were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Everybody, he called folk in to come. This, this will show you where you stand in God. Okay? He calls them all in to come and, and, and uh, to the dedication of that image. And it says, in the latter part of verse 3, it says, And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Here, are, here he is. The people are standing now before this statue, like that thing they unveiled. Where was it? Up in New York, in the satanic statue. Yeah, they got people coming there wanting to, to, to worship that image. Verse 4 says, Then an herald cried, a messenger cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages. That means people from everywhere. That at what time, watch this, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the sumptuary, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whosoever shall fall fall knowledge down and worship the same shall be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Where he builds a statue. What he's warning is he is looking after worship. Worship. Satan wants worship. Mankind wants worship. We have to be very, very careful in the things that we say and the things that we do. 
Because what can happen is we'll mess around and there will be worship. Worship. We'll be worshiping ourselves. We'll be worshiping the things that that we have. You know how it is. You you prefer uh, uh, worshiping your house, doing so much in your house. You're doing all these things, cutting your lawn on Sundays, and you got six days, and you do everything else on Sunday that you could do through the week. But but the main thing is you got to watch the enemy. You have to watch the enemy. He says he builds it now, and his whole purpose, he's looking after worship. He wants the, the people of God to worship him. Because, see, when he was there, he got kicked out of heaven. Amen. Because he wanted to get out of his place, and he wanted God's job. Now, let's go to uh, St. Matthew chapter number 4. St. Matthew. Because, see, you're going to be tested. You're going to be tried, and you're going to be tested. He's looking at the worship. Okay? Let's go to St. Matthew chapter number 4. And we will begin reading at verse number 8. Illustration. But precept upon precept. Okay? Word will back itself up. Now, St. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 8 says, Again, the devil taketh him up. Talking about Jesus. Okay? And the devil taketh him up into an exceedingly high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of where? This world, of this world, and the glory of them. What he's doing, he's showing them the prestige, I mean, the beauty of it all, the glory that comes with, 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 with having the things in, in, what, in today's society, what man thinks that's successful or success. So the devil is showing all this to Jesus now. He said, now I'm going to show you all these things. Watch verse number 9. Verse 9 says, St. Matthew chapter number 4, 9 says, And he said it unto him, all these things will I give thee if thy will just fall down and worship me. Now what we see is the lust of the eyes. So what Satan says to Jesus is, he says, I'll give you all these things. I wonder what Satan has offered us today, this week, these things. What has he offered us in order for us to worship him? So I will give you all of these things. So what are some of the things that, that we have in our possession that has separated us from God? It's a thought thing. We have to remember that. So he said, I'm going to give you all this, but what I, in return, what I want you to do is I want you to worship me. When you look at some of these people that are so famous and got all this money and, and, and their name is known everywhere, there are some people that have sold their soul to the devil just to be famous. Where the devil is alive. Because <laughs> the Bible says the righteousness of a poor man is better than anything anybody else has. So I p- prefer, you know, having little and having God than having a whole lot and not have God. Because in the end result, something's going to happen. So there's a final destination. Amen? Which is eternal life. So he tells Jesus now, if you, I'll give you all the stuff if you worship me. I will give you all of these things. Now... Watch here. Watch watch what Jesus says in verse number 10. He says, Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt do what? Worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thy serve. So you got to be able to, to speak to the enemy. 
When, he, when he's trying to show us all the things of the world, because that, that thing stuck out there. He said, I'm going to show you all these things. All I want you to do is fall down, and that's a key thing, and that's true. When you start worshiping Satan, what you going to do? You're going to fall down. <laughs> he said, if you just fall down, and then you're going to worship me. It's okay. Now, let's go back to Daniel chapter number 3. Because we have to understand, let me tell you about worship as you're going back to Daniel chapter number 3. Well, what is worship? What is worship? Now, praise gets God's attention. Praise gets his attention. We all want God's attention. Amen. But when it comes down to worship, everybody can't worship. Everybody cannot worship. Everybody don't worship. Now, we can worship, but everybody don't worship. And the reason why worship is just like, uh, I'm going to take him out, it's just like uh, being in a sexual relationship. Worship is, is intimacy. See, when you're dealing with, with the spirit of worship, you have to be intimate. It's where the two become one. See, that's intimacy. See, whenever we're caught up in praise and worship here, while we're singing, now, some folk are just singing. But there are some people that will get themselves caught up in, in intimacy with God, and the two has become one. God and you have become one. And it doesn't matter who's around you, who's doing what. All you know is you are, you are in an intimate state with God. And what happens is, in that, in that intimacy state, in worship, there's a consummation that takes place. What happens? God drops a seed. He drops a seed in you, and when he drops that seed, that means something's giving birth. Amen? So everybody's not bearing seed today. Amen? Everybody's not bearing seed. Everybody's not birthing anything. And the reason being is they have not learned how to get into worship. Now, it's one thing to be, to be sexually involved with man, but it is another thing to be sexually involved with God. Okay. Is that too, too rich for you? Amen? Is that too raw? Amen? But, but, but I'm telling you now, it's something about worship. Satan wants that. He wants us to become one with him. And the reason why he wants us to become one with him, he knows that his destination is not long. He knows his end. So he, he needs somebody else. To, he needs somebody. So he wants to reside there, but he is a liar. So we want to make sure we're in worship with God. You see, Satan is the God of this world. He's, he's the God of this world. Not only is he the God of this world, but the Bible also says that he's the prince of the world. He's the prince of the air. And he has blinded mankind everywhere. But the main thing is we got to understand what he's trying to do to us. Now, going back now, going back to Daniel chapter number 3. Looking at verse number 6. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Daniel chapter number 3. Daniel 3. Looking at verse number, verse number six. Amen. Praise God. Now, remember now, he says in Daniel three, verse six, he says now, whosoever falleth not down and worship uh, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Now, this is where the test comes in in mankind's life. If, if you don't uh, fall down and, and come in line with Satan, you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested. Now, look at verse number 10 uh, in the same chapter, Daniel chapter number 3. Look at verse number 10. Now, remember now, he's wanting us to fall down and worship him. 
And, and one thing we, we do not want to do is to fall down and worship Satan. Now, verse number 10 says this in Daniel chapter number 3. Verse 10 says, Thou, O king, hath made a decree. See, there's always going to be somebody that's going to run back and tell the king what you're not doing. Amen. Verse 10 says, Thou, O king, hath made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sumptuary, or all kinds of music, they should fall down and worship the golden image. Now, verse 11 says, And whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth, but he should be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. In other words, if you don't do it, he says, now you're going you're gonna to be caught up in severe trials and tribulations. That, that's what he's saying. If you don't fall down and, and worship Satan. Now, the Bible then told us we're going to go through trials and tribulations. Amen. But I would much rather go through trials and tribulations with God because I know I've got somebody with me than go through trials and tribulations without God. Amen. So, so there are people that, that when we don't fall in line with what Satan wants us to do, they'll go back to the king, you know, because you've got those little, little, little demons running around. And they will go back to, listen, these guys, uh, you know, these guys, they didn't fall down and worship your image. They, they didn't do that. So what you going to do about it? You know how it is when, when, when people want to get a lot of trouble going on, and you always got some whispering enchanters. Amen. That's Satan. Those are that's whispering channels, the serpent, the whispering in channels. They run and they tell. Amen. So, so they ran and they tell the king. But because what had happened was there was these people, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that did not fall down and worship the enemy. Amen. Now, watch this. Watch this. He says, Whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth not, that he should be cast into the, into the midst of a burning fiery furnace if you're going through if you're being tested you got to understand why you're being tested when you do not succumber to what the enemy wants you to do you can expect him to turn up the heat amen as god turns up the heat so does so does satan turn up the heat as well on our lives now verse number 12 in daniel chapter number three let's see what it says here it says there are certain jews whom thou have set over the fast, look like some spirit of jealousy right here, that have set over the fast of the province of Babylon, called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not their gods, nor worship the golden image which thou have set up. Now, it says these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But what do their name mean in, in the Hebrew? What, what does that mean? Now, you have, what's, what's being tried? What is it that, that the enemy wants in bondage? Now, we have to understand that the meaning of Shadrach, it means meekness. Meekness means humility. The, one of the first things that Satan wants, he no longer wants us to be humble or have a spirit of humility. And the reason why, because God said, when you humble yourselves you know, unto God, he will lift you up. So, so he's trying to make sure you do not keep yourself humble. He wants you to keep, you keep yourself um, high-minded, caught up in self, so God cannot elevate you. Amen? Now, the next one, he says Meshach. Now, the word Meshach, that means love. Love is a force that draws. 
Love is irresistible. True love, that is. Have you ever been caught up in love with somebody? And you can't, you can hardly, barely, you want, you don't want to not stay away from them. You just want to be with them all the time. You can't wait to hear the voice on the telephone. Yeah, do you understand that? You can't wait to hear the voice. You can't wait to hear the voice of them that's on the phone. Amen. You, you can't wait to that next date. Amen. If something happens, amen. Amen. I got some smile. Something happens. It's, it's just like when, when they show up, when they show up now, it, it's like you, 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 you light up when they show up. Amen. I'm talking about true love. See, love is irresistible. You, you keep them on your mind all the time. See, that's how it is supposed to be when we come down to Jesus Christ. See, we need to love at all times, you know. And, and he draws us. I mean, we can't help to be with him. Amen? To be in love with him. So the enemy wants to bound our love. Now, understand now, the word of God says now that the love of many is going to wax cold. You want to make sure you're not part of the many. Can I say that again? We want to make sure that we're not a part of the many where our love has waxed cold. Have the enemy ever done anything and you just cut off your love? So we've got to be careful about that. We have to be very careful. Because, see, that, that's the enemy. He wants, he wants to bound up, up our love. Because whenever there's, there's no, the love is not there and, and unforgiveness is, is taking root, that means we're the one in bondage and not the other party. Amen. So he's trying to bind your humility. He wants to, he wants to bind your love because love is irresistible. You can get around people and you've got the spirit of love and I tell you, they just, they, the only thing they can remember when they walk away from you, wow, them person, those people have a spirit of love. Have you ever been to a place and, and, and it was cold? Have you ever come into a, to a fellowship into a church house and, and it was cold? That meant the love of many had waxed cold. See, God is a type of person that, that can love on anybody. He, he truly loves, and, 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 and we give off that fragrance of love. Then the word abendigo now, now the word abendigo there, it means a light, a shining light. Satan wants to bind your light. If he can bind your humility, he can bind your love, then he wants to take away the light because, see, we're the light of the world. And see, according to the Word of God now, when people that are lost, you know, I'll have the old people just talking about having this lighthouse, and if they're lost, they, they can see the light in the lighthouse, and they can find their way. See, if Satan takes our light, there are a lot of people out there that's lost that cannot find their way. So he wants to bind your light. He don't want you to be the light that sitteth upon the hill. Amen? He doesn't want that. So what he wants you to do is get you to begin to fall down, make an image, reflection. That's why I don't like selfies too much. Amen? Ouch. I don't like selfies too much because sometimes we get too much of selfie. And we get selfless. Amen? So we need to have more of none of us and more of God. Amen? Amen. So, so here, he wants to bind the light in us. Now, it goes on and says now, he said, O king, verse number 12, the latter part, O king, have not regarded thee, they serve not their gods, nor worship the God image, the golden image which thou have set up. Now, we may think that it is only doing that time when, when the enemy does that. But let's, let's move forward and go to the end times where we are now. Let's go to the book of Revelations. Book of, the book of Revelations, chapter number 14. The book of Revelations, chapter number 14. 
Amen. Looking at verse number six, we're talking about tried, tested, and delivered. Tried, tested, and delivered. Going to the book of Revelation, chapter number 14. Looking at verse number six, because now we have to move forward to the end time. Verse six says, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting, what? Gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth. And to every nation and every kindred and tongue and people. Verse God. And give glory to who? To him. Give glory only to God. For the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made the heaven and the earth and the sea and the fountains of of, of of the waters. See, in this end time, God is saying, listen, worship only him, the one that made the heavens, the one that made the earth and the seas. This is who we worship. This is who we have intimacy with. This is the one we become one, one with, where the two becomes one. He said, you only worship him. This is in the end time. This is right now. Which let me know that that thing, that spirit is still going on. That spirit of Nebuchadnezzar that wants us to get caught up in self, forget about God, and begin to worship ourselves. Amen. And so, so now he says this in verse number, verse number nine, um, Revelations 14, verse number nine. It says, and the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, watch this. If any man worship the what? The beast and his what? Image. Was that not the same thing in the book of Daniel? So he's continuing that, that pathway. He says now, and the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, verse 10 says, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture mm, into the cup of, the, of his indignation. And he shall torment with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, he's saying now, if, if you get caught up and you begin to worship the, uh, the image of a beast, it says what's going to happen, God is going to pour out a mixture into his cup of indignation. In other words, God's wrath is going to be released because God's word says he's a jealous God and we should have no other God before him. Amen? So he's letting us know what's going to happen. He's letting us know what's going to happen if we begin to worship the image of the beast. All right? Now, going on down to verse number 11 because you're talking about the end days. He's still after worship. He's still after worship. Verse number 11 says, And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever received the mark of his name. Hmm. Now, we do not want to be caught up in where we, we worship Satan, or we get caught up and take the mark of the beast. Because there will come a time when we will have to choose whether we're going to feed our family or whether we're going to have to really trust God and wait for God to bring. Or we'll take the mark of the beast. Because right now they got all kind of gadgets going on. They know where you are. They want to put different apparatus in, in, in your forehead and your wrist and all this stuff. And they have a tracking device. 
And let me tell you something. It, when it comes down to tracking devices, you'll be amazed how many things that we own. Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. We own in our own house that's tracking. What is this little thing, this, this little woman, this little, this little, this little gadget here? Lexus, uh, that's it. I think that's the name of it. They got this apparatus, and, and it, you, can, you can talk to it and tell it what to do, right? Well, let me tell you how you need to be very careful with those things that you possess. Now, this man that killed himself, killed his wife and his children, well, they didn't know for sure if he actually done it because there was nobody else to tell the truth. Well, the problem was there was that little apparatus that they had been talking to all the time in their house, okay? And then they began to question it. And they're waiting to see what it's going to tell. So you've got to be careful. TV watching you. Computer watching you. Cell phone is watching you. Everything that these, these electronic things, they've got something implanted that they will know exactly where you are. Now let me tell you, cell phone didn't just finish just to start doing that. I, I remember, and we're going to go back here to this word. I remember, I know it's been just 14, 15 years ago, when, you know, I used to work at a post office. Tired, praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus, retirement. And, and they was talking about putting in a, a tracking device in the vehicles because people were cheating. You know, you get done with your route early. Hello, bring the guilty. Can we be real in the house? Amen. Yeah, I'm done with my, my workload. Amen. I'm somewhere parked up on a tree until my time ends and I need to go in there about five or ten minutes before time and then clock out. Nobody doesn't know that I had a two and a half hour lunch time. Amen. Only me and master. Amen. But what they was looking at, they was trying to find a way to design something to put in those vehicles to track you, to know your every move, your every stop, how long you were there and everything. Well, right now, they have been successful because it's in every vehicle. Is in every postal vehicle right now that no matter where you go, no how long you stay, they know the exact time and the moment and what time you get through. You can't lie anymore. Amen. So, so don't, don't think that you do not have uh, different types of apparatuses that, that you own that, that the government, I hear your Holy Spirit, the government is tracking everything you do. Even down to your money. Even down to your money. Amen. They know where it is. Amen. You may think it's hid, but the government knows where it is. Amen. I mean, can't, can't shout them now. Now, now, Revelation, going back to Revelation chapter 14, this verse number 12. Now, here it comes. You know, remember now, they're tested. You're tested. Your humility is tested. Your love is tested. Now, and, and your light. He wants you to put out your light. Now, verse 12 says in Revelation 14, here is the patience of the saints. How many saints are going through? I got my hand. I'm being real. Amen. I can be real. Amen. He said, now here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. Those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. Here's your patience. Now, you're going to be tried. You're going to be tried now. But, but, you know. The Bible does say in the last day now they're going to wear the saints. It's going to wear the saints. Go back to Daniel. Go back to Daniel chapter 3. Go back to Daniel chapter number 3. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Going back to, to Daniel. Now, chapter number 3. When they, when, whenever we fail or refuse to do what the enemy wants done, now, you can always expect 
the heat to be turned up. Now, Daniel chapter number 3, look at verse number 16. All right. Remember what I told you what was being tried, your humility, your, your love, and your light? There's going to come a time, and it is now, when you're going to have to make a decision whether or not you're going to stand or not. You're either going to stand for right or you're going to stand for wrong. Amen. Either you're going to stand for what's right or you're going to stand for what's wrong. Now, verse number 16 in Daniel chapter number 3. We're almost done. Now, verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. You've got to always have an answer for the devil. Always have an answer for the devil. Now, 17 says, if it be so, this is where your faith comes in, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. This is where your faith level has to be. He says, they were sure, okay? And he says now, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Whenever our faith gets shaky, you got to go back down memory lane and remember what God had done for you and what he had delivered you from. So you need to pull all, instead of, deliver me from all those people that likes to go back and reach into their past and talk about all the things they used to do back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Excuse me. But that is a whole lot of forward years. Amen. What has God done now? What did God do today? What did God do yesterday? Begin to remember those things that God has delivered us from and how he was there. So they begin to remember what God had done for them already, what he had delivered them from. This is what we get to think about this thing. God, what, you, what you've done, I remember what you did. I've, I've been in this place before. And, and, but, but God, I, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to deliver me from this place now, even now. But then he says something else, and they, they were sure, even if they got thrown in the fiery furnace, even if the trials got turned up, even if the fire was turned up, they still trusted God for deliverance. No matter what we're going through, we still have to trust God for deliverance. Amen. I think one day last week, maybe the first part of last week, I started having uh, flutters in my chest. You know, I've been trying to come off this all this medication and use natural stuff. So I was having flutters in my chest, and I kept checking my blood pressure. It seemed like the, the top number that, that talked about the heart is get, getting higher. Bottom number was, was, was pretty good. And then all of a sudden I could feel a tightness. I said, God, I trust you. Yeah, I'm going to the doctor, but the last time I went to, and I did go to the ER. I did go to the doctor. found that everything was good. EKG was good, and all that stuff was good. But the fact remained, I had to go back and trust God on the situation. Because the last time I went to the doctor, the doctor messed me up, and I had to go to another doctor to correct his mistakes. Amen. So my, my, my trust has got to be in God. And I have to do the things that's necessary. Oh, Brenda got to lose some weight. Hello. Amen. See, and Brenda got to stop eating that fat bag, you know, pork chop and bacon and all that stuff. That, that, that's not good for my body. Amen. That's crazy. Why would I ask God to heal my body and I'm putting all the wrong stuff in it? Think about that now. There's something wrong with that picture. Amen. 
There's something wrong with the picture. So, so we have to go back down memory lane and remember what God has done in our lives. And then verse 18 says, watch this. This is shown of faith. This is where we got to get to. Verse 18. It says, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve their, thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Can we really go through? In this end time, will we really be able to stand? Can we still say, listen, I don't care what, come hell or high water. God, I'm going to stand for you. I'm going to live for you. Because they say, but, but if not, in other words, if God don't deliver me out of this situation, and I've got to go through it, God, I'm trusting you to do it. That's where we got to be. That, that's the faith level that we have to have. And I guarantee you, God will show up. Now, whenever, whenever we stand, I hear your Holy Spirit. Whenever we stand up for God, God will show up for us. Whenever we stand up for God, God will show up for us. Now, let's see what his word says in regards to that. Now, let's go. Now, let's go. We're still in Daniel chapter number 3. Let's look at verse number 24. They refuse to bow. They refuse to, to humble themselves to the image of Satan. They refuse. Now, remember, whenever we stand up for God, God will show up for us. Now, verse 24 in Daniel chapter number 3. Verse 24. Verse 24 says, because now that because they disobeyed, they've thrown them in, in a burning, fiery furnace. In other words, our trials will increase. How many had attack after attack, attack after attack? Every time you turn around, nothing but attacks. You got to understand why they're coming. Not because you're always doing something bad. It's because you're standing up for God. Amen. Now, verse 24 says this. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished. He rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto, unto the king, True, O king. 25 says, He answered and said, Lo, I see four men, what? Loose. Now when they were thrown in, they were bound. See, what happened? What, oh, I hear Holy Spirit. See, what's, what's happening is, is when Satan thinks he's bound our humility, he's bound our love, when he's bound our light, and it appears to be that way, but when he, when he throws us in the fire, the fire just consumes all that stuff. The Bible says he saw four men loose. In other words, not only three, which is resurrection, but that fourth man he saw was Jesus Christ himself. And wherever we were going through, God is in the fire with you. That's what we got to remember. Whenever I'm going through, God is in the fire with me. He said, now, did I not see four men loose walking? That means walking means movement. See, oh, I, mm, 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 mm. See, when, when, when you're in the fire, you got to understand you're still moving. Because fire will make it move. Trials and tribulations will make it move. All right? You put fire up on a turtle, watch that turtle get another speed. It will get another speed. So, so, so he saw them, four of them, and said, now I've seen four. I, I saw four men loose. They were walking in the midst of, of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, when I got there, I said, wait a minute. How did Nebuchadnezzar recognize that that fourth man was the son, looks, looks like the Son of God, except 
before he got confused in making an image, he knew who God was. Because he recognized. He said, now it looks like the son of God. Which means that at one point in his life, he knew who he was. He knew who he was. But, and he lost sight of who he was. So he had to go through the fire in order for him to come back to the place where he needed to be to be able to recognize God and worship and love and serve him only. Amen. So God sometimes takes us through the fire because we have moved away from him. We're no longer intimate with him. So he's got to, he said, let, let me turn up the heat. Let me turn it up a little bit more because, see, time is winding up. But I, I looked at that thing. I said, God, that's, that, that, that's awesome. He, he, he began to recognize the God that he had been serving all those many years, and, and he had allowed the enemy to, to, to take hold and bring him into captivity. Now, verse number 26, which is our uh, 26 and 28, would be our final verses. Verse 26 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth, or the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, meek, love, and the light, the shining light. It says, ye servants of the Most High God. Now look, he, he really come to an understanding, right? <laughs> and now he says, you're the servants of the Most High God. Come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the, out of the midst of the fire. Drop down to verse number 28. 28 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Watch this. Watch what happens when we come to our senses. When we come to our senses. He says, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and did what? Delivered. Tried, tested, and delivered. See, you're not going to always stay in the trial. You will be delivered. You're going to be tested, but you're going to be delivered. But there's a purpose for the deliverance. He says, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servant, that did what? Trusted in him. He didn't deliver them because they didn't trust. He delivered them because they did trust in him. And have changed the king's words and yielded their body that they might not do what? Serve nor worship any God, small g, any God, except their own God. Their own God. Understanding now what the enemy's after. But one thing we want to know is this. Don't give up when you're going through. Don't give up when you're going through. Trust God. Because you're going through trials and tribulations, keep in view, keep in mind what the Word of God says. The, the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth them out of them all. If you can keep that in mind, then God will set us free. Amen. want us to kind of meditate on this and, 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 and thinking about how, how the Lord has... And what he is doing and what you've been through. What you've been through. And we'll ask a musician to go ahead and he would. He's going to play a little and be able to acknowledge that who God is. And we're done with our message this morning. We're done with the message this morning. We pray that you were blessed by it. But there comes a time when we have to, we, we, we have to uh, begin to 
seek God and acknowledge and confess where we are. And if we've been going through, I'm going to ask you to stand, please. I'm going to ask you to stand. Ask you to stand. If you've been going through, we want to give you a word of encouragement. I want you to meditate on the song. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If you can just meditate on those words. The altar. See, the altar is right the where you stand, right where you are. You can make the altar right where you are. Forgiveness is right there. The precious blood and it's because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In the midst of going through. Some of you have been tried. Some of you have been tested. Been tested. Has anyone that has really been going through and needs to be here? And they need special prayer. See, God has already done it. The moment 